I hear like voices and see shadows. What is going on, everybody? My name is Don Anthony, and yes, we are back again with After 30. I have an amazing show lined up for y'all today. Thank you for listening to me and everything, my trifling life, my conservative life, everything about me. Um, I'm going to let this brother introduce himself. He is one of my best friends, um, somebody that keeps me together when it comes down to my photography. He is in corporate America nigga. <laughs> we can say that on the show, but he's also an <laughs> entrepreneur, um, has a lot going on, does a lot. He is after 30, and he is dating after 30. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, old, young, my man, Andrew Jones. Let's go, Andrew Jones. Let's go. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? I guess I'll just introduce myself right quick. So my name is Andrew Jones. I just turned 30 this year. Um, I'm a sales manager for a big cable company here in New Orleans, and then I have my own uh, my own photography business. Right, we ain't gonna promote that cable company because they ain't paying us no money. <laughs> no, they're not. They ain't, they paying you the money, but they ain't paying us no money. They not paying me the money right now. So, Drew, how you feeling today, man? I call him Drew. Nobody else can call him Drew. Um, how you feeling today, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, like I was honestly, I was thinking about it earlier mm -hmm. today. Like, it's it's weird because it's one of the few times where like i've actually looked down and say like i'm happy where i'm at in life mm. like that's like i feel like i, I haven't i haven't said that in 30 years and like today wow. I was, like, you know, you know, like uh, i like the people i'm talking to i like the money i'm making obviously there's a couple of things you want to change but like right now like i'm happy i'm happy in life that is a blessing brother and i am happy that you're happy um what we wanted to talk about today, Drew, and I brought you on the show specifically, not just because you are one of my close friends, but you are a brother that um, you are black in America, but yet you're still white in America. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about it. So it's the it, it it's actually something that uh, me and Justin talk about pretty often, not necessarily mm -hmm. being black and being white, but the you can't necessarily be like the blackest version of you in every space that you're in. Mm. So there are rooms that we're in. I, I know I'm wearing a shirt right now that says ontology. ontology was Shouts out to Justin. But there are rooms that you're in where I can't be all the way mean. Like I can't talk in the AAV that I normally talk about. I can't be like, man, this nigga tripping. Um, even if it is, uh, you can't say that in those rooms. And then mm -hmm. when you're in those rooms where it's you and maybe one other black person and they're not representing the way that you feel like they need to be. Right. So like they a little loud, they a little too ignorant. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, nigga, we, we in this room. I need you to calm the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's having a code switch. So I'm not going to necessarily say it's, it's from being white, but it's the things that I learned while growing up white of how to code switch, how to deal with all of right. these different people mm -hmm. where it's not like I just, you know, I just grew up exclusively around black people where, or, or I grew up in a situation where I didn't know how to code switch because I've had, I have coworkers like that. Right. Where I love her to death, but you know, she hood as hell. Right. Uh, she can't, she can't turn it on and turn it off. Mm -hmm. Like I've learned to, which is a benefit that I have from both black and white. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, man. Yeah. You being in a leadership situation, mm -hmm. position rather, mm -hmm. and you being a person 
with whom having to deal with people who do not know how to turn it off and turn it on. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you present that to people who don't? So those are the people, because I do have, I do have one rep and he's, he's still young. He's like 24, 25. Mm -hmm. Like he, Mm -hmm. he hasn't, mastered that yet mm-hmm. um but those are times where i pull him back and i just kind of have like those real conversations so that's right. the time where like me and like a real human being who's experienced it can have that conversation because like he'll he'll say something and you'll see the customer kind of look right and uh you know it just might be like a way he pronounces them or he might just he might slip in a slang that they don't understand and i'll pull him in the back and i'll be like hey bro look being black we have to we have to understand how to turn this off um, mm-hmm. we have to understand that I can't be like you. I can't be like saying, you know, say what up, buddy. Like that's I can't say that to my customers. I work in Metairie. Right. Uh and for those who are not familiar with Metairie, Metairie is um it, it's 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 predominantly uh we can say white, right? Metairie, Metairie is from the mountain of Caucasus. It, it is mountain it is. <laughs> Metairie is Metairie is not just white, Metairie is Caucasian. Yeah. Metairie is white. It's it's old, it's older Italian people. It's people mm-hmm. who have money. They've been having money since since the sixties and seventies. They mm-hmm. all have good credit. They know that they have money and good credit and they right. act accordingly. Right. And they move accordingly. Exactly. And <clears throat> just from and we're gonna get into to Andrew's business a bit. So how has working in corporate America, how has that helped you through your entrepreneur venture? Oh, it's, it's, uh, so it's helped in, in two ways. Mm-hmm. One is helped with connections. Right. Because I mean, it's where I met you. Right. Um, right. it's helped with connections. We met a long time ago. We met, <laughs> we, we were, we were working at T-Mobile. I mean, we were working at T-Mobile. I was working in the mall, I think, when I met you. Yeah. And I hated it. Because it was trash. It, it was, was trash. Terrible. They moved me to the mall. I hate Therese to this day. <laughs> I said her name. I gave you, I gave you, I, I made you famous. <laughs> I hate Therese to this day because she moved me to the mall. And they were trying to fire me. And uh, <laughs> they moved me to the mall because uh, I just wasn't doing anything. And uh, she's like, go to the mall. And, and Marin... I love Marin. I still love you, Marin. Uh, Shouts out to Marin. Marin was trying to save me. And uh, Marin was like, well, you know, I'll take him. And Marin was in the mall. She was used to the mall. And Therese was like, oh, I'll move him to the mall. But Therese was trying to move me to the mall because she knew I would quit. And I did. I went to Puerto Rico and had a life-changing experience. <laughs> you, you've never told me about that. No, I really went to Puerto Rico and I had a life-changing experience. Um, I like to tell people that I left uh, Jesus in Puerto Rico. Like I did, I was just like Jesus. You're not, you're not helping me right now. Um, I, I found Jesus again though. Me and him are cool now. We had a conversation. <laughs> um, but I love Jesus in Puerto Rico. I said, leave me alone. In I, I want you to stay in Puerto Rico. Don't come back <laughs> to New Orleans. <laughs> and um, I quit. And I went to I went to Cox. I went to Cox. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was it was the best decision I I, I made. But um, enough about T-Mobile and <laughs> me <laughs> being on my my whatever. But um, <clears throat> how, Drewy, how has corporate America, how has corporate America sculpted you and your business? And how have, how has, I'm sorry, your business doing since COVID? 
So, I guess we'll answer the first part of that question, which is how mm-hmm. is it sculpted uh, in my entrepreneurship? Yes. It has taught me how to think bigger. Mm. So, something that I found is that with a, with a lot of small businesses, uh, they tend to not think beyond, like, the first move. Mm-hmm. So, if, say, you want to leave your job, your first move is to start a tax company. Well, your right. first move is, okay, well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to start this tax company. And then I'm going to make a bunch of money during tax season. Mm-hmm. Well, what else? So tax season is from January to May. What you going to do from June to December? Uh, but working in corporate America, what I've learned is what other things are you doing? So the company I work for doesn't just sell cable. They sell cable. They sell internet. They sell uh, home security. They are going to sell home phone. They're going to do all this other stuff because you have to think bigger. You, have to, you can't just think about mm-hmm. what's the immediate plan. What's, right. the, what's my plan three years from now? What's my plan five years from mm-hmm. now? How I'm going to going to continue to grow and make money. So that's something that I've kind of brought in because, like, my goal used to just be, okay, well, let me just do a portrait shoot. Mm-hmm. And then from this portrait, I used to be so cheap. From this portrait shoot, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to make $75. Right. Now it goes from, okay, well, I can't just do portrait shoots, or if I do, my, my rate needs to be, set adequately you need to right. be set appropriately right um so i'm not just gonna do this well i need to shoot parties as well well in addition to shooting parties i need to be able to shoot video in addition to be able to shoot video i need to be able to talk to these people where if they want to shoot a commercial i can go in there and get that done for them um so it's made me think bigger it's made me think about what is my bigger goal mm-hmm. um because if you just focus on this one little small thing that's like directly in front of you you miss the big picture you miss a lot of money and you fail really mm. quick. um now the second part of that is uh, how did my business do during COVID? It was pretty terrible. Uh, I'm not gonna. Mm. Be, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I, think, I think everybody was doing corporate uh, COVID. I, I I know I struggled a bit. Um, I tried to to come and bounce back and forth, but COVID really, really like I was like, oh my god, because I planned on quitting my corporate America job. Um, but I was like, mm, that ain't happening. Maybe today. not. Man, it's, it's not, not the, the best day. move right now. I was like, that ain't the happening today. <laughs> Let me sit here, my black ass, and do what I need to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, COVID, it affected my business because it slowed my business down. But COVID, thankfully, and I'll say this because I know it, did, it wasn't the same for everybody, but COVID actually worked out really well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... You know, the corporate America job, the hours got reduced, so I had more time there. Uh, I wasn't shooting anything. Like, I wasn't shooting portrait shoots. I wasn't shooting parties. I wasn't doing video. I wasn't shooting anything. Uh, So I ended up having a bunch of free time. At that time, me and my girlfriend broke up. I had two uncles who passed within three months of each other. I remember that. I remember the uncle thing. I was like, God damn. I was like, dude, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all that happened and I had all that free time and I'm, I'm so happy to say that I harnessed it and that's when I lost like all that weight. That's when I lost about 140 pounds. Yeah, you you were doing your thing. Drew, Drew used to used to be a bit bigger than what he was. Drew has lost a lot of weight. Yes. So, <clears throat> and, and we're going to get into it because, you know, of course this is about dating and this is about dating black after 30. Um, Drew, <clears throat> Drew is a brother who has a big heart to me and drew reminds me a lot of myself. And when me and drew talk, we don't talk every day. And when me and drew talk, we talk and we like catch up about everything. So we talk for like hours and we talk about, I talk about his life. He talk about mine. It's just like, we have this dope conversation. And 
Drewy, and I'm going to say this, Drewy was actually managing someone that he, the woman that he was dating. Mm. And I brought Drewy on the show because, you know, this is something that people kind of see on a day-to-day basis. You know, you may not see it out there listening, but anybody who does see it, they're really trying to figure out, like, how do I maneuver when this is a woman that I used to date when on corporate level, we were on the same level, but now I've positioned myself to grow and she has to work under me. So Drew, give the people just a bit of how you maneuvered through working, managing someone that you used to date. So, uh, it wasn't. Um, it was actually more. That wasn't even just someone I used to date. It was something like I loved. Mm, um, that's deep. <laughs> but and you use the and using the word used to. Are you? Is it? Is it used to? Or is it just? It, it's still there a little bit because this is this is still fresh. Have, but has the love? And I guess for me, not getting in totality your business. But is it? And 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 I can speak for me. I can say that the the two women in my life with whom I've had relationships with and mm-hmm. whom I've loved, I care for them. And it's a love there, but the love has kind of changed. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, I'm committed to you or, hey, I think we can work this out once again. It's just like, hey, you groom me for where I am now and what I want. Mm-hmm. So I have a certain love for you, but it's not the kind of love that I go back to you. Oh, definitely. Right. Cuz uh so we were we were on and off for roughly 3 years. So mm-hmm. like I asked her on our first date uh November of 2018. Mhm. We just had like our big falling out right. two weeks ago, and this is two thousand. This is December two thousand twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll definitely always still have love for her, right? But after we kind of had this big falling out, and like I kind of had like I'll say like my my big awakening, right? Like my like my eyes are fully open, and where right. I can look back and I'm be like, man, this was a really fucked up relationship, right? This right. was like. Like I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, and she took and took and took and took and took and took. Right. And now, like I'm still, I'm still gonna have love for you because I'm still gonna have love for all the things that I learned in that three years. I'm not the same person I am today that I was three years ago right. by any means. That's physically, emotionally, financially. I'm not the same person. Mm-hmm. So I'll have love for you for the that transitional period. Right. But we could never be together again. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question for you, mm-hmm. and this is a question that I have for you, and. um you growing and grooming, did it take another woman to come into your life and see your worth for you to be like, hey, the things that you're doing is dysfunctional? It was it was definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I had a I feel like I had, like I said, a, a, a big awakening on my own. But I am seeing someone right now mm-hmm. and. I don't do a quarter of the things for her that I used to do for my ex. I mean, not literally, not a quarter. Mm-hmm. 
and she is like overwhelmed right with how good things go wow she's she's overwhelmed because like she's never had anyone do anything like this for her mm-hmm. and it made me realize because man i remember i remember at one point like at one of my lowest points after we broke up well i think the second time i remember thinking with with, with vic with victoria um we're not gonna say names on um, him we don't we don't say not, names. we have we gotta bleep that out with my ex right. but we with, gotta keep the name with her i remember like i i, I vividly remember sitting there thinking Man, I have given you all this, right? And you still don't. And it's it's not enough. I right. mean, if, if I can give all this to someone and it's not enough, then who's gonna want me? Hmm. Like, like I remember sitting there thinking that, like I was, like I was, I was depressed, right? Like I was sitting there, like if I can just, I can give you everything that you say you ever wanted uh-huh. in a man. I can give you everything you wanted. And obviously you still, you like it because you wanted to keep me around even after you start messing with your new dude. Right. So you like it, but you just didn't want it in my package. Mm-hmm. So like I, I can give all it to someone, but they still don't want me. So like, who the fuck will want me after this? Right. Um, and then it took me seeing my new chick to be like, I'm different. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't mean to toot my own horn. I don't right. mean to brag or be braggadocious. I mean, you but- can brag. I mean, you can, you can, we've, I, I've told you. And and you know, granted, I give my story every time I do after thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thirty seven. I've been single for ninety percent of my thirties. I've been single for a very long time in my thirties. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship in my twenties, eight years, but it was very dysfunctional. Um, and you know, for me even now being in my relationship with my partner and I call her my life partner because she's my life partner. Mm-hmm. We've made that commitment to each other again today. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I still find myself <sighs> with certain things. I'm just still like, Hey, you know, are you sure? Because I've been in so many different scenario situations yeah, yeah. and you know, I still find myself, you know, needing to hear certain things from her because it just assures me that you're here Mm -hmm. because I know for myself, I'm here. I'm coherent. I'm in love with you. I love you. You know, I don't need a wedding ring, you know, to say I'm, I'm with you because I think for a man, it's, it's kind of simple. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I can be anywhere in the world. I can literally, literally be anywhere in the world, but I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, So going back to what we talked about with you, um, you know, you, you, you being with this other woman, this other woman seeing what you're doing and appreciating what you're doing. And it's, and it's, it's not the bare minimum, but it's just, Oh my God, he's, he's above and beyond, but you feel like, Hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Because I care for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> In a lot of ways, I, and I'm going to just say this, I think that the the dating from the black woman's perspective can mm-hmm. be a bit slighted. Oh, yeah. Because they're so used to getting the bare minimum or slim to none. Mm-hmm. And it's not even all the time that a man knows knows not what to do. He knows what to do, but he knows that, hey, I can get away with this, and I'm gonna get away with it. Mm-hmm. So, so man, I can actually tell you. Go ahead, talk it, to me. It's not even just like what you can get away with, 
but we we talked about this at uh, at one of Vaughn's events. Uh, it's very difficult being a woman's first good nigga. So yes. So uh, yes. Let's I, talk about that. Uh, every time I go to Dallas, uh, that that's that's where Chick I'm seeing is she's in Dallas. Every time I go to Dallas, shout out to Dallas. Every time I go up there, I bring her flowers. Shout out to Texas. Period. Agreed. Um, so every time I go up there, I bring her flowers. Right. And I remember the first time I went up there, I brought her flowers. It was, it was I was like, the second time? The first time was Ida. So the first time, like I went up there just to see her. Right. Um, I brought her flowers, and this mm-hmm. wasn't even crazy expensive flowers. It was like twenty dollars worth of flowers from like Winn Dixie. Like it wasn't mm. anything crazy. Mm. Um. So I bring her these flowers and her friends are there. And first off, they're flipping out because she got flowers. Right. Um, but then later on. And like, it was crazy. These are probably women that are making nothing less than 60, 65,000 or more a year. Yes. So let's talk about that. Yeah. She works. She works in human resources. She did yeah. Well. She's she's making bread. Um, so I bring her. I bring her the flowers. Um, and then later on, like I catch her. She's like almost got like a thousand yard stare. And I'm like, baby, what's wrong? Like, what's right. up? She's like, it's the flowers. I'm like, I mean, I know they're not the most expensive, but right. And and how you thinking? You feeling like, well, listen, I didn't, you know, exactly. So it turns out, the thing with the flowers is that her ex, every time he would cheat or do something fucked up, he would give her flowers. Oh wow. So like, if he he would cheat, he'd give her flowers, or he would be about to curse her out or whatever it was. Afterwards, he'd give her flowers. Mm. So she's got like PTSD attached to these damn flowers. Right. I'm thinking it's oh well, it's harmless. Like I'm just giving her flowers. That's right. what I'm supposed to do. Right. But she has triggers attached to this shit. And that's crazy. Um. So yeah, it's it, it. Like I said, it's not just about what dudes can get away with. It's about navigating those triggers when we're dating these women. Mm. Mm. And and I think I think that a lot of times with uh with our black women because remember this is dating after 30 and this is dating black after 30 we're mm-hmm. being very very unapologetic here um <clears throat> a lot of times i think with our black women they are super strong mm, absolutely and it's not that i i don't i don't think that they 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 don't have the right to be how can i put this but i I think a lot of times they run into a lot of trash before they get to their treasure. Oh, no doubt. And it's 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 harder on guys like us. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think for me, and just using myself as an example, um, even when I was was playing out here and I was painting the town red and being Playboy Anthony, what I used to be called. I wanted I wanted women to call me Playboy Anthony because <laughs> I thought that shit was sexy. Jesus. But okay. um you know, I never left a woman in the grave. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to leave her in the grave because my mother, you know, dated men and men said things that wasn't true or they said whatever to get what they wanted to get. Mm-hmm. So I've always, in dating when I was single, single, I've always had my mother in the back of my mind like, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you this because I don't want to take your your choice from me. Mm. And I think that was always big for me because you making your own decision to deal with me in whatever kind of way you wanted to deal with me or not. Because if I'm dealing with you, I'm going to deal with somebody else in another manner to get what I want. Mm -hmm. And that woman with whom I'm dealing with on that level, she's going to give me what I want. I'm going to find what I want. Yeah. Because it's there for me to get. So, um, 
<clears throat> I think a lot of times brothers are doing and saying a lot of things that get women to this point to where they 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 they're like, oh my god, like I don't, I'm I'm fucked up. Mm-hmm. And when a new guy comes along and he's very genuine in his approach, and he's not telling you, hey, the sky is purple. He's telling you, nah, baby, the sky is blue. It's still beautiful, but it's blue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't know how to adjust to that. Mm. And they're like, oh, my God, like, he's going to do something wrong soon. And it's like, I'm I'm really not. I'm just really telling you. They're going to give you the real. <clears throat> giving you the real on what's going on. Um, And it's, it's just for me, I just, I don't know, when I was, when I was dating, dating, It was very, I, I seen a lot of hurt women, mm-hmm. but I seen a lot of women whom they were hurt. But when they caught a good guy, I caught a, a, a glimpse of, hey, you can, you're more than what you're giving me. Mm-hmm. Why are you only giving me this? Mm-hmm. Give me more. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to give you more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think this kind of goes back to the conversation the other day about where uh, where we're going to end up being the bad guy, even if we don't mean to. You're going to always end up being the bad guy because I see you in this light. This is where I am in my life. I've been transparent with you. I don't want to leave you in the gray. I want to give you this. Now, you have the option of walking away mm-hmm. or you have the option of staying and playing with me and knowing that in this level that we are, you're going to always know where and how I feel. Completely agree. <clears throat> but can you deal with that? I think also, in addition, can you deal with that? When I say that I don't want more, are you going to try and force that? A lot of women, I think a lot of women, and I'm going to say this, a lot of women and in that, in that, um, after 30, and and I could be wrong. I mean, we, we're going to set up a panel, of course. Um, but a lot of women who are after 30, who are in their careers, um, have their money together, have their credit together, have everything together. They're going to want more. And where I fell, I didn't fall short but where i um where i used to lose women was because why you don't want more or why you don't want me mm-hmm. and i could never express that to them because i wasn't in a place to where i want you yeah it's it's, it's nothing against you it's nothing against who you are it's just that i'm not ready to be where you're at i'm not ready for that white picket fence, three kids, and a, and a golden retriever yet. I'm just not there in my life yet. Or a labradoodle. Or a labradoodle. Or a giant schnauzer for the hypoallergenic women out there. Um, so, I, I understand what you're saying. I completely get it. Uh, it's very difficult having that conversation without trying to offend someone. Because, I'll be honest, me and, the, me, and, me, and, me and Dallas, we've had that conversation. Where she's like, well, I want. She she's literally said the words, I want an exclusive relationship, and so many words I had to be like, no, 
I'm not I'm not ready for that yet. That's that's not where I'm at. Like I just got out of my my last relationship in May. I need to figure out shit. I need to figure out if I like me, much less if I like someone else enough to spend time with him. Um, we're cool. I enjoy what we're doing, but I need to figure out my shit, my bullshit before. I can go into any relationship or I'm going to go into our relationship with the same exact faults that I had in my last relationship. At that point, I'm not growing. Right. So a question I have for you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is, once again, this is After 30. My name is Don Anthony, the host of After 30. We have Mr. Andrew Jones. I call him Drury. Do not call him Drury in the streets. Please don't. Um, Are you willing... If Miss Dallas, and we're gonna call her Miss Dallas, if you mm-hmm. are you willing, if she's like, hey, because I'm I'm gonna tell you something. I've dealt with grown women who were madly in love with me. Mm-hmm. But were willing to be like, I will I will let you go because you're not giving me what I want. Are you willing to be like, hey, if she comes at you and she's like, I love you, but I I can't do this. I mean, I mean, am I willing to like let her go? Let her go and find her truth. Yeah, go find your truth. You're willing to let her go and find her truth. Because if I'm not ready, like I like to think that I'm a decent person. I like to think I'm a decent dude. Uh, I like to think that I'm a decent person. I like to think that I'm a decent dude. Um, and if I don't let you do that. I'm the asshole. Like, I'm I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I don't want to be the bad guy. I'm saying that, like, I am not letting you move on with your life for selfish purposes. And that's the ain't shit thing to do. And I don't ever want to be an ain't shit nigga. Um, so if I'm out here, that's not good. Um, so if I'm, <laughs> if I'm out here uh, and I'm telling you what you need, I'm giving you just enough to not move on, just Amen. enough to be my security blanket. But I'm never gonna give you what you want, and I know I'm never gonna give you what you want. That's an ancient thing to do. So if you find that you need to move on and you need to go and figure out what's the best thing for your life, then by all means do it. Because I understand what I signed up for when I said I'm not ready for a relationship. I can't tell you I'm not ready for a relationship, but expect you to sit on the sidelines until I'm ready. Because when I'm ready, when I'm ready, you might not be the person. I appreciate that. Not a lot of brothers are like that. Uh, I've got a strong feeling that conversation is going to be coming up again very, very soon. But a lot of times I'm going to say this. And women, I could be wrong. Hmm. But you never find the guy that you want. You settle. Mm -hmm. They settle. That's tough. <laughs> and they settle because they meet a guy who's just willy-nilly and willing to give them what they want because they want to keep them around. And a lot of times these are guys that are not very ambitious. These are guys that are beta men. These are guys that, um, I mean, and, and sometimes these are guys that they found something and they're like, hey, this works for me. Mm-hmm. This is something that 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 I, I I want, and but me I I haven't found many guys or women that have been in that realm, and um, I think that um, you know 
having that being that that person that you are, it takes a lot of strength. It really does. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you know, I'm 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 7 years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say I'm 7 years ahead of you is because you get to a point to where your values are like, this is what I feel. Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm having a dope time, but am I crazy because you're really not the one for me, but you're a great woman. So I guess, let me, let me ask you this thing. Talk to me. Because this is um, this conversation my sister and I were actually having last night because and I'm, I'm, I might sound really arrogant here. Shouts out to sis. Shouts out to sis. But I'm a, I might sound really arrogant here. But I don't feel like I need any woman for anything. You, you, but you don't. You, 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 you do, but you don't. Because let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. We need women. I think you about. I think you about to answer my question. Go ahead. We need women. Uh-huh. And we get to a point in life. I got to a point in life in 2018 mm-hmm. where I was dealing with a woman that I didn't love that much, but we had so much fun together. Mm-hmm. And I'm dealing with her and we're having this amazing time. And she was like, Don, I'm just not, you know, you're not giving me what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I don't want you to leave. She's like, I have to leave because I want more. And I'm like, well, I'm like, well, but, but, you know, give me some time. I I think I love you. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that to keep her around. I got, I got, I got desperate. And I was saying that to keep her around. And I was saying that because I was in a place to where I got tired of dealing with women to woman. I got tired of flipping from bed to bed. I got tired of painting the town red. But I was so afraid of love. I was so afraid of love. And it was just because of what I've been through prior to. Because mm-hmm. I felt like everything I, I've had before that, I've, I've lost in love. The woman that I was dealing with was cheating on me. Mm-hmm. I lost my mother. My mother passed on. I, I didn't lose her, but she passed on. So mm-hmm. I felt like everything that I've had in love and everything I've given a shot to in love, I lost. And I, I didn't know how to approach love. And I always prayed. And uh, though I left God, I left Jesus, right? I left Jesus in, um, where did I leave Jesus? I left Jesus in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Um. I left Jesus at Puerto Rico on a beach in the ocean. I, I really did. I said, Jesus, listen, this ain't working out between us. We we not coming. But, <clears throat> you know, I always prayed to God. And I said, God, I don't want to look for love. I said, I want love to find me. And I want to act accordingly if I found love. Because I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be the, the man that looked for love. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I think that love is all around me, but I think that, you know, <clears throat> I never wanted to go out and pressure a woman to what is this? What's going on? Yeah. Do you love me? 
Mm, that's how it used to be. Right. What's, what, what is this? I, mm. I, I never wanted to do that. So I wanted love to find me. And, I, and I've been through one or two hiccups um, prior to. But um, saying all that to say, uh, it was, it was uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, but this is real though. This is raw and uncut. Shouts out to Ralph because he's gonna edit all of this. Um, <laughs> all right, Ralph. You know, I, I think that it's one of those things to where I had to go through what I had to go through to be vulnerable to find mm. what I needed to find. Mm -hmm. in order to better myself because you know we claim this play a playboy life but you don't want this forever mm -hmm. you don't want it. you want to play you want to experience it you want to touch taste and feel you know you want to you want to be able to have your experiences but you don't want this life no. I, at least for me i, I never wanted this if, life forever if my last relationship had worked out i would have been i would have been shopping for a ring and been perfectly content Right. But it wasn't it wasn't meant for you to work out. It was it was something to groom you to the next level. Yeah, I had to go through it so I could grow through it. Grow through it. Right, exactly. And I feel that way. Um, you know, I had to go through it to grow through it. And uh, you know, for me myself, I'm just learning to let go of of of, of past relationships, forgiving people for myself mm. and not bringing those past relationships into my current relationship mm -hmm. so you know that's that's my story um drew anything else that you have um two things so yes sir so number one personally for me like i don't feel like i'm dragging like past traumas into my new relationship okay but i am bringing standards that are created by for myself based off of that oh of course like I am not giving anyone else the power to validate how I feel, who I am as a person. Uh -huh. um, also, I'm not giving all of myself. Like I'm, I'm not jumping straight into the the, the nail money and expensive dates. Mm -hmm. Like we need to, we need to get to know each other. I need to figure out if I like you before we get through right. all of this. Um, the other thing is, the the first question you asked is how I managed, uh, or like the second question you asked is how I managed having my ex. And we we got to go back to that. We right. never answered that question. We never answered that question. <laughs> um, Let's go talk about that. Okay, so that was, it was weird. It was managing it on two different levels. So number one, or uh -huh. a couple different levels. Um, the first one was it was managing it on the. Well, this is a person I still clearly love and have affection for, mm -hmm. um, and I felt. Like it was my duty to protect her on mm -hmm. shit that I didn't need to protect her from. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of protect her from the business, protect her from the angry customers, mm -hmm. protect her from the people above, like protect her on mm -hmm. every level that I used to. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I needed to do that. Um, I also feel like because almost everyone at that store knew that we used to have a relationship. So I also needed to, I'll say, balance how I treated her versus making sure that people didn't think that she was getting special treatment because mm. we used to be together. You were overworking. Whew. It was it was exhausting. That's mentally exhausting. But at the same time, I was still trying to make sure that 
she was in a mentally good place. Like, I remember I told her we, we were going to lose one of our reps. Um, he was about to go to another store. Mm-hmm. And she took it very hard because he's a really good rep. He's a good friend. We still have him, thankfully. But she took it really hard. And I was like, all right, look, let's go to Applebee's. This is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Applebee's. We went to Applebee's. We got drinks. We ordered wings. Like just Them wings was probably, just, I mean, them, them drinks are probably trash. I'm just going to say it. Probably. It's prob- probably, but it was perfect for the time. Right. Um, but it was like a mental, it was like a mental health break. And I remember I was telling, her, all right, well, let me just get you away from the business for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was talking, I was talking to my therapist because you know I do have a therapist. You have a therapist. I do. I do. Go ahead, black brother. Oh, I definitely have a therapist. I'm gonna have to talk to your therapist while I'm still <laughs> living in the city. Uh, it's all virtual. You can go anywhere. Okay. But um, no. So I have a therapist, and I remember talking to my therapist about it, and she was like, "Nigga," because my my therapist is a black woman. She was like, she's like, my husband tells me, let me just get you away. Mm-hmm. So you may not, y'all may not still have a relationship in title, but you still have a relationship with her. Mm. And I was like, man. That's deep. And then after she told me that, I stopped seeing my therapist. But because I thought I knew it was better. Right. Um, but I start seeing her again and everything like that. But yeah, black black uh, men need mental health. Exactly. We, we need we we need to have mental health. This is very very important. But um, shouts out to the people talking. We don't need y'all talking and shit. But y'all just talking y'all asses <laughs> off. <laughs> we outside y'all, but we COVID safe, okay? Omarion safe rather. Jesus. <laughs> um, no, but uh, so I remember I remember talking to her about that, and, and it wasn't until she got transferred to another store. Um, it all it all happened really quickly. She got transferred to another store. I was talking to her. I knew she was seeing someone as I was seeing other people. Um, but it kind of felt like because we were going on dates so regular, we were hanging out so regular, like it just it felt like the same old relationship. Um, so I was like, all right, well, you know, shit, she's talking to who she's talking to. I'm talking to, I'm talking to, we're just biding time until we get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, then she dropped it on me, she's like, Oh yeah, dude dude moving in with me and see that's a thing for her to tell you that it's like why would you tell me that so i actually have a bigger much bigger problem with it okay um my thing is that like i'm at her place like hooking like like mounting tvs hanging paintings right all this other stuff and i'm thinking she you know she told me dude was gonna move down here but i'm thinking we live in new orleans like he can move anywhere right i'm not thinking they're moving together because every time i ask her about their relationship it's always oh you know we talking we not official that i should constantly downplaying where they were at mm-hmm. um and then after we had a big fallout i'm sitting there thinking like you know she's like oh well it's, it's for all intents and purposes she said it well it's always been the plan for him to move in so i'm sitting there thinking man you got me in here mounting tvs for another nigga to watch you got me here mounting mm-hmm. tvs in your own bedroom that you and another nigga gonna lay in and watch together that's what I'm hearing. And you were continuously downplaying your relationship to get stuff out of me. Because if you told me the real about where y'all was at. You wouldn't have done it. So you took away my choice. Mm, and that's important. That is very, very important. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier about always keeping it keep, keeping it out of the gray. Keeping it out of the gray. You never take, never take someone's choice away from them. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm doing all this on the impression, like, oh, well, you know, shit, we just buy in time. And then you drop on me, oh, nigga, moving at the end of the month. We we break up in May. You told me I'll start talking in June. And now he moving in in December. 
Okay, first off, I don't trust that that you just started talking in June. Right. Um, but that's neither here nor there. No. Uh, but you continuously downplayed it and you took my choice away from me. And that's I feel like that is something that I'm still dealing with right now. Mm. That's something that that is a hurdle that I'm still trying to get over. But that is also part of why I will always have love for her, mm-hmm. but we can never be back together. Mm. That is that is never going to work. So Drewy, we're gonna talk about it. You got at least two minutes to tell anybody out there that is dealing with what you have dealt with right now. Mm. What do you feel like is the best thing for them to do? Three, two, one. As selfish as it's going to sound, focus on yourself. Focus on loving yourself. Focus on appreciating yourself. Focus on making sure that you are validating yourself. Because if you give that power to anyone else, they have the power to take it away. And when they mm. take it away, you left in this in this this depth, this hole that you're trying to dig your ass out of. Mm. And it's very, very difficult to do. But if you don't give someone that power, I'm not saying never love anyone. I'm not, not saying ever, never be vulnerable with anyone. What I'm saying is never give someone else the power to make you feel like a person. Mm. Never make never give someone else the power to make you feel like you are worthy. Never give someone else the power to make you feel like you are, are wanted. You always keep that to yourself. You mm. never give that to anyone. And I don't care if it is y'all are dating, y'all are in a relationship, or y'all are married. You never give someone else the power to validate who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Don Anthony. Uh, this is Dating After 30. I want to give a huge thank you to Andrew Jones. Um, for coming out today. Uh, This is the last Thursday of the year, 2021. My brother came out today to do the show with me. Um, And I just appreciate you, brother. And everybody from After 30, all the fans, we appreciate you. Can we do it again? And he's going to come back. Y'all know he's going to come back. But uh, once again, my name is Don Anthony. This is After 30. You know, and, you know, we just we just appreciate all of the love and everything. And we about to roll out. <laughs>